Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. In this episode, we continue our conversation with creative, architect, and music hobbyist Nick Beardsley, founder of Dear Untitled. During this second portion of our discussion, we dive further into Nick's process, his perspective on creativity, and the source we're all drawing from creatively. Thanks for listening. Now let's get to the show. You know, I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, right? It's like, if you're a writer and you're afraid of writing a crappy first draft... That's okay. Just write a crappy write first draft because draft. then you you've materialized something and then you can fix it, yeah. right? But you can't fix nothing, Mm-mm. right? Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Um. It, well, that that's kind of where I was going as well because, like, I envision and again, starting out, it was me writing to a crowd of no one. Like th- this was something for me, and mm-hmm. like whether that helps someone listening right now to be like, hey, jump and start. I'm just going to do this thing for myself. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to go to an audience because like Dear Untitled started out that way for me. I've never really, you know, obviously metrics help people, you know, it, it's just how the the game works, right? Um, and getting views, obviously you want to build a platform to be able to support more, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, I've always treated Dear Untitled as a hobby, you know, yeah. like it, it's a it's a passion project, really. Um, and it's, it's like, I'm helping in the best way that I can, I'm helping my friends hopefully succeed or get seen or whatever the end goal may be. And, but I'm, I'm also learning, you know, like I will put something out there again for me and see how it does. And like, cool. Why did it happen that way? Like I'm always a, I need to learn or understand why, you know, I ask Mm. a ton of why questions. Um, and I'm just like to the point of obnoxious. Right. And it's like, (laughs) why does that happen? Why did that do what, what happened here? Or why can't it do this? Right. Um, so it's always like me trying to figure out how to make it better, how to stand out, how to be, you know, a little more seen, but like not really any pressure because I'm learning. Like I never took, you know, classes on how to post paid ads on social media. People take seminars for that. I'm just like winging it. Like, hey, here's a couple bucks. Let's see what do- what does what, right? Yeah. Um, or like, you know, I've never written a business to business model or voice in, you know, it's the same thing. Like you kind of, if you're, if you're always like trying to approach it as this is for me, this is for me to enhance my own skill set and whatever the yeah. bonus or benefit, you know, of growth on that side is, then, you know, I think it makes the entry a lot easier because the only person really you can let down is yourself. Yeah. And in that case, you know, you just can't go too hard on yourself because you're learning, you know, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I, I, it makes me curious. I think I know the answer already. Um, but I was curious what you would say if you never made a penny off of Dear Entitled, Dear Entitled Radio, any of it, if you had, you know, it, it never became like this huge, uh, you know, outlet press, you know, whatever it was that you called it, would you still do it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
um, because the the relationships that I've made wow. are you know worth so much more than you know whatever cost it is. You know, I'll stay up late talking to my one buddy. I actually um, the guy from Australia who I was talking to you about. I just met him. I think I interviewed him in 2019 for the podcast. And I just met him in person in New Orleans a couple weeks back because his wife and him came over to the US and my wife and I were like, hey, yeah, let's go. You know, you came halfway around the world. Let's go meet up. Like I, I met someone who I met basically over the internet like this. And now I have a friendship and I've talked, you know, we talk almost daily. Like it's, you know, those wow. it's it's the the human interaction that I just like kind of I guess I'm addicted to. Um, it's not the attention. It's the interaction of like, it's cool to have these friendships because if everyone is just as, as, as passionate as you are, you know, it's, it's really hard to be upset in that circle, you know, like you found yeah. your people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I specifically remember one of the earlier things that you'd said, right. Was about how you wanted to listen to all this heavy music and you were just vibing with it. You were loving it. But you're like looking around you and you're like, I've got no one to vibe with. Yeah. You yeah. know? And now you've you've built that for yourself, you know. You've mm-hmm. found this network, this community, uh, all these people that not only are super passionate about music as well, but that are inv- heavily involved in it, you know, mm-hmm. writing it, playing it, you know, touring it, all that sort of stuff. And and yeah. that's that's fun to see, you know. So I I can see for for you, it seems like the through line is really just like I'm super into this stuff and I just want to vibe with people, you know, like, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's why, that's why people even go to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan too. So, you know, that's, (laughs) that's why her tours are sold out. People want to go see her and vibe, you know, like it's, you the swifties want to hang out with the swifties i get it you know (laughs) right yeah absolutely i'm not paying that money myself but you know have fun right (laughs) so a couple of things that um kind of going back a little bit but uh we've talked i believe in earlier episodes about adjusting the goalposts because originally you set out like hey like for us even we that was something we were intentional about with the podcast i think our goals were like have a successful interview like have one. We just want one successful right. interview, and Dave was that is it. important. Like, yes, yeah. like we we had one, and it was awesome, right? Um, and it was actually something that we we were considering. We were like, man, we don't know if we want to do interviews for this mm-hmm. podcast. We didn't know if that was something we wanted to do. And after doing it, we're like, yes, we definitely want to do yep. more. So so that was huge. And then our other goal was to be able to produce ten episodes. And in a few weeks, we're going to hit that number. So, I mean, it's just one of those like, okay, cool. So we've hit those. Now what's our, what's our next goal? Cause that's, it's, it's like, yes, you should have the like that. Yeah. We want to be as big as Joe Rogan. Right. Right. Whatever. You know, that'd be nice and everything, but is that going to happen? But we're, we gotta be thoughtful and manageable about the, the goalposts and adjusting them as we grow. So, yeah, and develop. So, yeah, well, one, one encouraging piece, and I'm trying to remember the exact number, right? Um, if you put out, I think, over 20 episodes, Mm -hmm. you're doing better than something like 80% of anyone who has ever started a podcast. Wow, yeah, it's the same with writing. They they say, uh, 
an editor told me this one time that if you've actually written, you know, at least an entire first draft of your manuscript, you know, let alone other drafts of it, then you've already beat like 90% of other writers out there. Yeah. Because the vast majority of people, they'll sit down in front of their computer and start working on it and they'll abandon it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I kind of lurk around on some different subreddits and stuff, you know, writing related subreddits. And I can't tell you how many people get on there and they post about how they, you know, Hey, I, I got 10 chapters into my, my first novel or 10 chapters in my fourth novel, whatever it is. And, you know, I just, I'm not feeling it anymore. You know, I just dropped it and yeah, it's what? like, Oh man, like finish that thing. Seriously. Just finish right. it. Like, yeah, even you're if it so sucks. close. Right. Yeah. It, it, and honestly, it's it, it, one of my big things that I've, I've been discovering for myself really it, r- lately has been like feelings like, oh, I'm not feeling it anymore. And it's just like, so what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Put in the grind. It's it, yeah, yeah, it's your it's your passion, but it's it's you got to put in the grind. You ha- I mean, you got to be consistent. You got to be disciplined. Yeah. Even when you're not the, feeling it. There is a very. At least for me personally, there's a very fine line when it comes to incorporating money into the passion, right? Mm. Um, So obviously you want to take like the dream is, hey, you know, someone comes up to you. If you had a million bucks or or whatever, like if you could do your passion for the rest of your life, you you always sit back and like, hmm, one, what would I do, right? And two, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like if I could do what I love for the rest of my life. But then when, you know, just like any job, right? Um, Like when your passion starts to bleed into becoming a chore and, you know, that was maybe your getaway similar to like music is my escape, you know, or, you know, it's, it's always there. So like if I hear music, sometimes I get burnt out on music, but like if I can do music the rest of my life is that something that I want to do, how do I incorporate right. Like I always struggle with that of like how much music can I really take when it becomes a job? Um, right. And, you know, especially doing like podcasts and something like this, it was mentioned, you know, before by you guys, you know, there's a sacrifice to how much time you're editing, interviewing X, Y, Z. Like you could be spending it with family. You could be, you know, it's prioritizing your own goals, but continuing to be disciplined and then it it really i i would think it's a personal decision for everyone of how that money ties in and mm-hmm. you know it's unfortunate to say but at the same time like it it's something that needs to be addressed because if you're an artist and say you paint you know or do something like that like does does needing to do a commission or something like does that kill your vibe because like someone's expecting like a deadline and you need to be creative on a deadline? Yeah. Um, it's always, you know, that, that always brings a different twist for people like looking at this, like, wow, he's doing what I want to do. Well, yes, but you know, it's, it's a weird line to look at before you dive into any passion. I think that's like the, the kind of, the trope, isn't it? Like there's, there's been like movies about it. If I remember correctly, there's a movie called, is it almost famous one? Shoot. Anyway, forget it. That's it's not all the good. point. It's all uh, good. Anyway, the, the point is like, I'll, I'll, I'll think of it at some point. It's, it's Mark Wahlberg's in it. And he, it's okay. a, he's, he's a, I, I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Anyway, Mark Wahlberg is, he's in this, uh, like, uh, cover band of this band that he loves. It's like this, you know, metal ish type, you know, band, mm-hmm. whatever eighties metal, and uh ends up achieving his dream of of getting into the uh 
the lead singer position in that band, like the, the original lead singer got like kicked out or whatever. And so he had to like audition and got in. Fill in yeah. And, and now he's like, you know, just touring and living out the dream and stuff. And then he just like finds himself being like, I, I, I think the message is a little less directly like, Oh, you know, is this still my passion or whatever? But he had other things too, that he realized were more important. Yeah. But I think the bottom line is sometimes you need that perspective and, and you really have to think about it and figure out, okay, as a creative person, whatever it is I'm doing, you know, when this becomes the job, you yeah. know, when this, when, when this becomes the profession, like, what does my relationship with it look like at that point? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully all of us, you know, can, it, it would be wonderful if we could all just be like, cause, cause the, the, the thing that everyone says is right. Like, you know, find, find what you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. It's like, well, that's, that's a really, really sweet thing to say. Yeah. But the reality is that everything is work and you have to be okay with that. And like you, yep. you, you alluded to it, music being your escape. Right. And it's like, if writing's my escape and then I start relying on it for income or something like that, like, is it still going to, you know, be that for me or is it right. going to have like steal away the joy that I experience when I'm in it? Or am I going to be one of the lucky people that can actually, you know, monetize this and, and find a career in it? You know, and it's incredibly enjoy hard it. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. It's yep. incredibly hard to do because, you know, our relationship with, with creativity, I think is really, really uh, tenuous at times. And mm-hmm. we have to, we have to kind of figure out what that relationship looks like. Yeah. It's, it's a strange thing. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. The movie is Rockstar. Oh, there you and go. And it was yeah. back in 2001. I, I think Almost Famous is like a... 2001? Mm-hmm. Totally different one. Yeah. I'm not 30 next week or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Big 3 <laughs> Yep. Yep. That's awesome. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it, dude. Yeah. That's uh, fantastic. It reminds me of when we had this conversation... Or, conversation like this with Dave for the Mm. podcast, we kind of ended on talking about this idea that, you know, he mentioned in his episode that there's like a subjective experience that gets at something objective. Right. And the analogy for me was like, the objective is like this creativity that we're all experiencing at some level Mm -hmm. and we're all drawing on. And the subjective is how we experience it and what our relationship with it is. You know, is it writing? Is it music? Is it painting is it design you know whatever yeah and um you know it's just it's so interesting to me i started wondering you know because you mentioned you're not necessarily like someone who can write music or or anything like that you know that's that's not your thing right but even i don't know like for me before i could ever write any music or anything at all which i'm you know i'm not much of a musician personally but um before i could even you know do anything like that i felt as if I was accessing creativity just by listening. Did that feel, does that resonate with you at all? And I mean, Riley, you could even answer that because obviously you're a musician, but just, I think sometimes just connecting with, with art inspires a sort of creativity in people. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not only um, inspires the creativity, but also expresses, at least on my end, I I mentioned it, like it it expresses what I want to say. Because yeah. like there's whether it's a a emotion that comes through musically or if it's like the actual lyrics of the song, like I can always point right. to something or at least 
my archive of a brain can be like, Hey, <laughs> hold on, pull out this track. And then it's whether like a earworm in my head, or I can be like, Hey, go listen to this. You know, like it's, I, I feel like the moody emo kid of like, just go listen to my playlist. You'll understand. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, this is how I'm feeling like, and, and yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it speaks. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I would say really? what, it's, what, yeah, how do you connect? I absolutely, I definitely feel like I tap into the muse or the vibe, right? When you, whether I'm listening to um, someone else's music, something that really resonates with me. Um, there's times where I look at, honestly, like a painting and I can yeah. like, wow. And I just kind of get lost in it. And so, so yes, the answer is yes for me. Absolutely. I mean, I don't have to be actually doing something in order to tap into that place. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's such a fun experience and, um, yeah, but it is also really fulfilling when I am being the one who's able to produce something and take this weird, wacky concept, whatever. And then all of a sudden hear all of it together. And I'm like, Whoa, that sounds way better than it sounded than I had imagined it in my head. So that's, yeah. that's pretty fulfilling too. So, yeah, they're uh, one of one of our guests um, from the band Alpha Mega um, yeah. had had kind of hold through a concept and I'm going to absolutely butcher it. So I apologize in advance. But um, it, it it's like creativity is that that floating idea that you can never really like catch. Yeah. Right. Like it just kind of comes at you in spurts like you can't you can go with every good intention of sitting down at your desk and this may Derek, maybe this comes easier for you as a writer or something, but like you can sit down and be like, I'm going to be creative today. I'm going to do. And then you kind of sit there and like, wow, what? I don't, I don't have anything. You might anytime sit there a couple now. hours, a couple minutes. Yeah. Like anytime now, come on, come on. <laughs> like you can't time creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I think that was like to hear that verbalized is one of the weirdest yet most honest things that I've heard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, sometimes it jumps on you and it's like, you have to just run with it then, or at least jot it down in a notepad. Or if you're a you know a musician, you'd kind of just like hum something into your phone or whatever it may be. Um, so that was just a, a concept that also like, again, floating out there of, you, you can't really ever like pin it 100%, but mm-hmm. maybe some yeah. people can. I, well, yeah. It's funny. Cause we had a, we had a podcast and we talked about this. I think it might've been on shower thoughts. Does that sound familiar? Okay. Derek? I, I think so. I can't quite recall yeah. the, the specific episode, but yeah. yeah. But being able to basically subject yourself into a position where you're like, I'm not feeling it. And mm-hmm. still like and for, with Derek's case, he's like, I just write something. Yeah. Just anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just, just start. I just start doing something. And then, you can actually kind of foster it and kind of get a little bit of a, a little bit of a hold yeah. on it, but it's, yeah, it's definitely not something I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to push this button and I'm going to activate creativity now. Like it, it, it doesn't yeah. work like Some, that. Somehow I end up at 5am. I'm like, wow, where'd the past six hours? <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm creative now. <laughs> I guess, you know? <laughs> I guess I'm a creative person. Hyper fixated. Yeah. yeah I, I resonate with that. Definitely. It, it's so funny. Um, how our emotions and like our state of mind tie into our ability to access the creative space. Um, And yeah, like, I don't know for me, I've just come to realize 
how fickle I am. <laughs> like I am, I, I, I used to think like, Oh, I'm a pretty consistent person. I'm not at all. And like nothing has taught me that more than being married because you know, you, your own subjective experience is like, it is consistent, right? Because you are perceiving yourself as you've kind of always perceived yourself for the most part until yep. someone comes along and says like, Hey, you're moody today. And it's like, I'm not someone who gets moody, but <laughs> I'm not moody. turns out I'm not that dude, guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not that guy, <laughs> but turns out I am. So, you know, that's kind of taught me that even when it comes to just writing, you know, like to pay attention to that and figure out like, okay, what's going on mentally or emotionally or, yeah. you know, happening around me that's, that's impacting my own creativity. And then learning to be able to identify it and then also learning to not let it get in the way as much as possible, which is really difficult to do, particularly because it is so closely tied. But yeah, I don't know. I've, you know, one of the things I, I, I read the the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, and it, it's, you know, he's a writer, so it's kind of written for writers in a way, but it's it's written for really any creative person. Um, and in that book, he it, it's almost like a book of like, kind of proverbs in a way of like him uh like kind of just giving these little like uh i guess like proverbial sayings about like what it's like to be a creative person and what it's like you know like some of his own experiences are kind of narrated in there but essentially you know he talks about being a professional talks about you know showing up and you know sitting your butt down at your desk every single day and and doing the work you know because i think that that is kind of at least from his perspective, and I, I think I would echo it, that's kind of the thing that separates the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, when it comes to creative people. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, <laughs> creative people, especially the successful ones, tend to be pretty humble, and they're like, you know, you know, w- when the the band is accepting a an award on the stage or something like that, they're like, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's because of the fans, and it's because I'm lucky, and thank God, and they, they say all those kind of sort of cliche things, which are all true, right? But also, it kind of negates in a way, all of the hard work and the blood, sweat and tears that they had to put in and how, you know, particularly with, with like, uh, you know, the, 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 you don't see all of the years of the work that failed first, you know, usually it's like the album catches fire or the book catches fire when all the other ones didn't, you know, Game of Thrones author, George RR Martin's like that, you know, everyone knows him for Game of Thrones. Nobody realizes he's got this entire backlog of, of stuff that was, I mean, he was a mid-list writer, you know, like he, he was a great writer in his own right, but nothing that like just blew him out of the water like uh, Game of Thrones did. Wow. Yeah, you know, and I think that because we don't always see that, we just assume that like, oh, it re- that luck component is is really big, you know. Yeah. And I really do think that, like Pressfield says in The War of Art, you know, showing up, sitting down, being a professional, uh, just working and grinding, you know, discipline. I think that it is really important and that that doesn't negate kind of for me anyway. I know everyone's relationship with it is different, but for me it doesn't negate the kind of wonder and like the the magical aspect of creativity because it is this kind of ethereal floating thing where it's like you're trying to grasp it but it's like sand, you know, you yeah. can't you can't yeah. hold it in yeah. your hands very well. Um yeah, I there, don't know. Sorry there go ahead, was Nick. there was a football coach that I had and you know he was he was one for you know all the kind of proverb-esque kind of inspiration <laughs> speeches right and it was this uh it was it was actually the father of the head coach and he was you know he's been doing football forever right and he said something along the lines of like you know you practice and get the building blocks right so when you're in battle 
you know, you, you can react and you don't have to think about what you're doing. You can react to what, you know, hits you in the moment because you've put in that time up front, you know, and this, this goes even back to those cursed hours in the studio and architecture, you know, like I, I put, you know, in so much time there and I feel like I missed like three years of my life because I was, it's just school, 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 like doing that type of thing. But now I like, it's so much second nature. Mm-hmm. And I, this is the same for any creative, whether it's architecture or music or writing or, you know, whatever it may be. If you sit there and you do again, the discipline every day and, you know, or however often you do it right. and you're prepared for whatever happens there, um, like you, you always have a better chance obviously to succeed, but there's a time investment. There's an investment of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I uh, <laughs> sorry. You know, you think about it, and there's so many other things that we could be doing as creative people, right? And Absolutely. like we, yeah. because like we get like weirdly obsessed with these like niches, like music or or writing or you know whatever it is. And we like it's so painful at times. You know, creating isn't like this. I think TV shows and movies have kind of you know romanticized mm-hmm. creativity a yeah. lot, but and it is. It's like kind of a you know, in a manner of speaking, like a romantic thing, you know, like this, there is this kind of like, you know, unique nature to it that, that for me makes it feel totally set apart from virtually anything else. But that being said, it's an incredibly painful thing to engage in. And then, yep. you know, we're, we're voluntarily doing it. And so we're putting ourselves through this, this painful process of just, you know, iterating on our failures and, and trying to learn from our mistakes and, and, create something that's worth engaging with for other people, you know, and we fail so much more often than we succeed. Um, you know, I think Dave mentioned that, you know, for, from the graphic design Mm -hmm. perspective, right. It's like every, for every like 15, uh, successful or every, every 15 designs, like only three of those go through, right. They're accepted. And it's like, I think that's true across virtually, you know, whether it's painting, whether it's, I mean, whatever, you know, domain you're in, most things fail. We do it to ourselves. And sometimes I'm just sitting here wondering like, (laughs) what are we doing? You know, those weird, strange, creative people that are just like, just going through it, you know, but there's, there's something about it that is just compelling for me. Yeah. Do you relate to that experience at all? Absolutely. Yeah. I like, I've been waiting for this, this platform opportunity to say, I absolutely hate music some days. You know, like I just—I <laughs> hate everything about it. There's some days I don't even listen to music, and I'm like, ah. but no, it, it like, you know, it's it's one of those things you have to find your balance. Um, but yeah, it's it's exactly that. I mean, and and Dave was referencing the 15 logos he sent to me for Dear Untitled, and I, you know, uh, like, <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. I think he, I think he knocked that out in about three. He was just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, same wa- same wavelength, and you yeah. know that connection. So yeah, definitely, um, very talented guy. Um, yeah, but yeah, seriously. it's it's exactly that though. I mean, there's there's so much work that you you know a lot of the audience never sees. Which is why, you know, I said like, you have to almost do a thing for yourself. Yeah. Because if you're always looking for the attention, the approval, the acceptance, that kind of thing, you're, you're not, unless it sparks viral. I mean, even that's what a couple days, you know, yeah, like, if that, yeah. if that, and it's not like that 
necessarily has ever landed record deals. You know, you have like, you know, you know, the one hit wonder bands, but you know, that one song, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, you might make an impact for a little bit, but you have to still keep going. I mean, again, like, like game of Thrones, there's a whole collection of novels out there, but somehow it life made it happen. You know, it just like it caught the right eye, caught the right. I mean, that's that's how a lot of life works, anyways. Right. Yeah. It kind of relates back to uh, when we were talking earlier how like you have to put uh, basically like this. It's a concept of like you know people are afraid to fail, right? Like it's not going to be very good. I'm not going to even try. And it's like if you want to get to that point where I'm like, Hey, I'm actually successful, whatever that looks like, right. Every person's definition of success when it comes to creativity is totally different. Um, but once you're, you know, how you get there, you've got to, you've got to produce some pretty crappy stuff, even with, you know, that's what, that was one thing that I really got out from our conversation with Dave was like, he puts out all these ideas. He goes, I mean, he goes like so many iterations of this, you know, logo, and I mean, like, you know, 15 to 15, he narrows it down to three, these top three, and then he presents the, those three. And then from that point, you know, so, and, and, but in any case, and then just uh, in any case, you have to, it's like, you have to, even though you didn't know it's going to be crap, you still have to, yeah, you still have to get it out there and just do it. Yeah. In yeah. order to even get to the one that you like is at, like successful so to speak right well well if you think about it like you might not even have access to the one that is successful yep if you don't get the that crap out first you know like it's same with the the crappy first draft that all writers fear it's like you're never gonna get the the story that works and that that resonates with people if you don't write the one that's just trash first yep because somewhere in that trash there's gonna be like a nugget and you're gonna like okay I can, I can Mm -hmm. build around that. I can, you know, expand on it, you know, work my magic and, and actually make something good out of that. But you'd never know it, that that nugget was in there. If you didn't just submit yourself to the pain of, okay, I, I wrote, you know, 80,000 words and they all suck. Actually, (laughs) there's one in there and I'll keep that one. (laughs) One word out of 80,000. Dog. Uh, Yep. Yes. And you're like, ah, I resonate Uh, with that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, me writing, like you just, you keep mentioning like word counts and I think back to like the essays in school and I'm like, I skipped English for a reason. And 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 now irony of life just comes back to bite me and I write articles and I'm like, wow, I really wish I knew the synonym for the, you know, Google has been so lazy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah. lifesaver. Yeah, seriously, that's funny. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what. What else you got? Oh shoot! What else you got? What yeah. else you got, Derek? Well, I, well, I'm particularly curious. You know, what your perspective is on, like, kind of looking at your perspective is obviously like engaging with all these creative people and and. Uh, music obviously and and seeing what what they're up to and so i guess i I don't even know what the right question is to ask but like what what's that experience like for you like all these bands that you admire that you're passionate about that you vibe with and like learning about their creative process you know like what's that been like for you so uh, it's interesting because obviously the dear untitled podcast opened up 
a perspective started opening those conversations for me of when I met people and it's like, okay, it's like having a phone call with someone, right? And and you're having this conversation of, hey, how do you get going? You start hearing like something that's somewhat similar to you. And then other things, it's like, man, I was, you know, riding my bike and hit a rock and I thought of this song or like thought of this <laughs> noise or, um, you know, like one of the, one of the things that sticks in my head is I was on, uh, the blink 182, like, um, self-titled album the, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was on their neighborhoods album. Um, and they used to on Spotify have an in-depth of like, Hey, here's a track by track of how we wrote it. Right. Mm. And it was one of those unique things of, Hey, you hear that noise in the background, that little rattle. Yeah. So we turned the bass like all the way up and the ceiling started rattling. So we just start, started recording that and that's in this song. And we wow. thought that was really cool. You know, there, like there's bizarre things like that, that like, cool that's that's you wouldn't know it if someone didn't tell it to you but like at the same time then there's like the regimented hey i'm pretty disciplined and, and staying with it so and then moving into dear untitled radio its focus is on hey what artists have inspired you um because like you know digging into the minds of some some bands that like i grew up on again like to hear like it's a lot of Slipknot, to be completely oh, honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure, like, dude. Slipknot, Lincoln Park, um, you know, definitely plenty of other of that kind of era. Um, and it's like it always starts to connect the pieces of like, oh, hey, your work ethic kind of reflects. Like, I can see that now. You know, un unpacking that picture, I guess, is where Dear Untitled Radio comes in. Um, and so the work ethic or, you know, the discipline that you discover about their creative cycle. Um, it, it's been, you know, the, there's everything all over the board. Uh, and, and I think that's the coolest thing because as much as we talk about, you know, we're very similar, it sounds like, for the conversation of how we kind of sit down, focus, and like, you know, zone in. Mm -hmm. um, but there's other people who, again, kind of go for a walk and like, that's the only way ideas come to me. You know, like mm. everyone's different. Everyone has a process. And I think that's the most, the coolest, unique thing about creatives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, echoing again, what I mentioned earlier about our conversation with Dave, you know, in terms of the interviews, in terms of uh, exploring creativity and, and all of its facets, it's like whatever it is that's like beneath it all, you know, that, that source of creativity and just how seeing how that manifests on an individual level and like that's just so much it's it blows me away you know and like you know talking to you and hearing the things that you're interested in and the, you know i'm like oh i vibe with that and then you know you have aspects of your process that you know they feel a little different and it's like it's so interesting to me that we could all be engaged in in such similar things you know we're, we're doing yeah. we're both doing podcasts you know we're both into like metal music and stuff like that and yet like the, the expression of that sometimes is just so different and yeah. so individual. And I don't know, it's one of the beautiful things about creativity. It's one of the beautiful things about life yeah. and just seeing whatever that thing is, how it's manifesting and how it's expressing. And then more importantly, almost how it's resonating with other people, mm -hmm. because the strange thing about creativity is, it's almost as if it's like calling to be like seen by others, yeah. you know, or, or experienced by others. Like, I, I've asked myself this question before. It's like, is if you've done something creative, it's is, if you've done something creative and no one else experiences it, you know, like, is it even 
a thing. It I don't happen. know. I, I, I think <laughs> right. it still is. But yeah. like for me, it's almost like the very first like paragraph of my book that I ever wrote. Like it, I immediately had like had this compulsion to share it with somebody. Yeah. And and see what their experience was of that. Yeah. And I don't know why. You know, like I don't think of myself as a particularly proud person or something like that. But right, something about creating demands this like sharing with other people and, and allowing them to experience that. So that's the, that's a cool twist that, you know, architecture, I guess, physically brings into my life of obviously, you know, buildings. There, there's so many, uh, statements through history of like, you know, what is the philo- philosophical meaning behind design in a building, right? Like the, one of my favorites is, you know, a building is a machine for living in. So it can be Mm. very kind of industrial. It can be very cozy. It can be very, you know, like beneficial and healthy for the individual in it. Right. There's all, all sorts of approaches that people pick creatives pick to start developing a building. I was just having this conversation the other day uh, with another architect um, of, you know, they work at a different company than I do. And it's like, oh yeah, well we don't have, you know, all those fancy awards and like, oh cool, my building got certified for this or the X, Y, but you know, as long as the end user is happy, the building is good. It is successful. You have shared that design and someone basically that's your reward. You know, like you almost have to find in whatever you're creating. And obviously this is a physical manifestation of a a dream inspiration, you know, some like come to life as a building. Um, You know, I think you always have to figure out what is your reward? You know, Mm. what is the uh, creative feedback that you're looking for? Again, if if it's likes on Facebook, that's one thing. But again, like you as a writer, you're looking to see, hey, what is your perspective on it? Same as like musicians. Hey, what is your perspective on a song I wrote about my ex? Like, you know, how do you <laughs> how did you incorporate that into your life? You know, or yeah, um, you know, like uh, I know, for instance, like counterparts, uh, the band counterparts, uh, the lead vocalist lost his cat, you know, and, and lost a pet. We, we've been through that, but like he has songs about it. Some people associate it to losing a relative, friend, family, like completely different perspectives. Um, and it's just one of those things of what is your kind of your own personal reward? Because again, if you're doing this for someone else, you know, it, it starts to become a struggle. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, that's really good. That's, that's fun. I, I, I think that it's particularly with, uh, you know, music my own experiences with relating to songs, you know, and, and I, I always feel like people are, you know, sitting down and, and writing from like these really, really deep, dark places in their hearts or whatever. And, you know, I may not have experienced those same things, but I feel like I'm still connecting. I'm resonating somehow yeah. with my own experiences. And it's like such a crazy thing that the signals that one person is, is arranging and sending in a particular fashion you know, through this medium of like Spotify, let's say, yeah, is is coming through like my earbuds and going into my brain, and I'm, you know, receiving those signals mm-hmm. and interpreting them in my own idiosyncratic way, and it's yep. just really interesting how I don't know. It, it's another way of saying the same thing, right? But it it just it blows my mind that that's even a thing. Sometimes even just like thinking about how we're able to sit and communicate like this, 
you yeah. know, like where I'm sending signals to you with my mouth and, and, you know, you're receiving them. And even though you're on the other side of the country and, and you're, you know, interpreting what I'm saying and, and we're like able to have a conversation based on a shared sense of understanding and meaning. And yeah. it's like the fact that we're even able to do that. It's like, it's just vibrations, right? It, it's it's vibrations, all just, yeah, it's good vibrations. <laughs> there you go. Great vibrations. Awesome. So yeah. I, I had something, one of the things mm -hmm. you said, and I think it was in the last interview was we're pulling, it's like we're pulling from the same well. And yeah. I love that quote. I'm quoting you, by the way. Thank Mom you. Man. Yes. I, I charge uh, like five cents. Uh, <laughs> five yeah, cents per, a yep. quote. Yeah, Man, from up your rates, dude. Come yeah. on. Come on. Well, you know, I I I I gotta start somewhere. <laughs> know your value, <laughs> right. man. Gotta start somewhere. But yeah, it's so inspirational because it really feels that way. You really start to realize like we're all kind of tapping into the same thing, just different yeah. ways. And it's so cool. Um uh I wanted to share something about um or talk about how you're you know, like once you produce something, you want to share it. And uh, one of the things I saw and the thought I had was I actually watched this uh, YouTube video of um, the singer, whatever his name, I don't know his name, but he's uh, from Falling in Reverse. Right. And, and yeah. And he uh, is, is uh, showing Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach, the song, uh, The Last Resort, reimagined. And it's like the first time it's like hasn't been released yet. He's like, yep. you know, in the back of the stage, like he's showing him this song. And it sounds like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about, Nick. It, and, it wasn't even the final take no, either. It wasn't even and, the final. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, there's this, you could tell there's something that was compelling him to be able to share it with, with Jacoby and, and it was just, and he's like super nervous, like he's shaking and he's like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, yeah. And, but it really, there really is that desire. And I remember even just early works from, for me personally and having music that I was like writing and I'm like, I need to, I, somebody needs to hear this. I mean, I remember going to Derek and Jordan and being like, you guys got to listen to this. I just, just came up with this and it is, it's, it's really interesting. It's like it, yeah. it, there is some drive that's like it needs to be shared. It needs right. to be heard by someone else. And I, yeah, I don't know what that is to be completely honest, but it's there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always been, you know, like if you look back to ancient Egypt, hey, we have these pyramids, like we're going to build them and then we're going to show them to every or the Sphinx or whatever it may yeah. be. Like we're going to look big and intimidating to people. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's always kind of like that, you know, whether it's a primal urge to be like, oh, look at me, like I'm showing, you know, really strutting what I can do kind of thing. Or if it's just like a, I need, you know, affirmations that like I'm a human as well, you know, like, mm -hmm. what do you see in this? Yeah, I, I, my, my brain is telling me that it's like, has something to do with like our human instinct to like search for meaning you know, mm, yeah, and it's purpose. like, you know, Hey, this is like my, my something that, that is an indication of meaning for me and perhaps it can be for you. And if it is, then maybe we're onto something. I'm not sure. That's maybe just, we're friends. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we could be yeah. friends. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. Let's hang out now. <laughs> you know, awesome. you want to play some Halo later? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, oh man. I've got, well, I've got, listen, an, oh, you, are you, do you got to be done? Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay. running up my my time here. I, I uh, got a. We're we're actually going to be uh, driving over to 
Idaho tomorrow and, and uh, got an Airbnb with uh, Dave and his family, actually. So we're yep. going to be sweet all hanging out and, and chilling for the week. So I'm going to, I, I got to go start packing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you get do. That. Yeah. So Wait. anyway, that being said, I didn't want to, um, to end this call, Nick, without an opportunity for you to just, you know, plug Deer Untitled. I mean, should be pretty simple for people to find, but let them know where to find Deer Untitled, where to find you if you're yeah, sure uh, wanting to drop that. Yeah. So, um, uh, I forget all my handles and, and Twitter's going down the toilet anyways, but, um, you know, you can find me personally, I think it's at Nick Beardsley. It's a, um, NIC Beardsley. Um, and it, whether there's a period in between Nick and my last name or not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it depends on the platform, but, uh, if you look for deeruntitled.com, you can, um, kind of search for everything from there. I'm, I'm tied and tagged to all those pages because basically Deer Untitled is kind of the extension of my brain as we've discussed. Um, so yeah, DeerUntitled.com. It is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on reviving the writing portion of it and the review aspect. Um, Deer Untitled Radio is hopefully opening up some more ideas and opportunities, um, working with a couple other people behind the scenes to maybe get a group momentum to fire this thing back up. Um, it does, it was stagnant for a little bit, but again, it, you know, being a hobby and life priorities and everything. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, go check it out, explore. Uh, you can find that again, deeruntitled.com. Deer Untitled Radio is on every streaming pl- platform, um, for podcasts as well. Um, if you want to hear the songs inserted in it, um, you can listen to the radio edit version of the episode on Spotify. Um, and then it feels like a cohesive kind of radio show. You, we talk about the artist and the song plays. So, you know, the listeners, if you've never heard of Slipknot, Linkin Park, or, you know, uh, I forget the, there was some really obscure like artist that someone brought in at one point. And it's like, yeah, I didn't even know them before it was sent to me. So like, I don't know how <laughs> listeners would know this. Was it Taylor Swift? Um, it was, you know, <laughs> it was Taylor Swift. It, it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it was um the the band that sings the blue song. I'm blue, um, and I can't think of the I'm blue. Dun, 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 that one, um, yeah. Oh, I, I, blue man, not blue man group. It's not that, that one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I I can't think of it. Um, but yeah. So there was one of those, and it, it's you know if you want to hear that in full. Uh, you can either access it through deeruntitled.com and hit the YouTube links as you're, you're listening, um, or, um, uh, you can listen to the Spotify version. So long story short at deer untitled or at Nick Beardsley on social media and check it out. You know, if you enjoy it, great. If not great, you know, (laughs) I appreciate, uh, you guys taking the time and and having me on, giving me this platform. This has been I, I always love talking about this stuff and I I start to nerd out as you guys heard of just music and kind of music history. It's just like all lodged in my brain somewhere that just blurts out when I get the opportunity. So That's this awesome. is fun. Well, we'll make sure yeah, to give absolutely. you another opportunity for sure. Cool. We'd love to have cool. you back. So Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very yeah. much, Nick. I appreciate it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good luck with your entitled and, yeah. and with architecting and, uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. all that stuff. Um, anyway, thanks again. And we'll, cool. uh, well, yeah, I can't wait to have you on again, man. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yep. Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server, or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Keep creating.